Okay, so Rhyme Tov, we continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon by Rav Pincus. If you have the Sefer, we're on page Shin Lamed Aleph. We're still discussing the Shema. And we mentioned that there's something going to be going out of order over here as we'll be going higher and higher, going up towards Hashem and expecting to enter into the inner sanctum by the Shmona Esrei. However, he said there's going to be something not according to the pattern. And we left off with a very important question. And the question is, we could understand when we're talking about a physical king, that he could have more of a superficial relationship with his constituents and a much closer relationship with his family. I want to say the same thing works with Hashem and the Jewish people. But the philosophical question is, how can there be a connection between an infinite God and a finite people? We have no comprehension of what Hashem is. And Rapinkas now fleshes this out into more detail. And Amir Hashem today will get the answer and see where what's happening exactly during the Shema. So let's think a minute. Can a person speak to a to an animal? Okay. Sure. Well, not really. You're not have a meaningful conversation. You could tell him to giddy up and move, but you're not going to share your feelings with him. Okay. And you know, we're we're just two types of being. One is a human. One is an animal. Two different realities. They can't really have a meaningful bond. I know people say, I love my pit and I love my this. It's all wonderful, but that's not the same idea as a relationship with another human being. It's just not. Now, a person can uh, fool themselves and uh, imagine that they're having a relationship. That's true. People can imagine they're the President of the United States too, but that's not reality. You can only really have a relationship with other people. Because people don't know how to have relationships with people anymore. So now they have full relationships with their pets. But anyway, you really can't. They're two different realities. So all the more so, how do you expect there to be a relationship between a human being and God? And that was Eov's claim. That he says God is so infinite, so distant. So, you know, that I, I, I can't understand, you know, that... Hashem, there's nothing to, 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 to relate with over here. Okay. But here is the real insight, the real Hiddish of Judaism, that there is a connection. Now, where does that fit in? That fits in to the sixth principle of Jewish belief that the Rambam elucidates, and that's the power of Nevuah, prophecy, which is not to be misconstrued as a prophetic message to the Jewish people. The simple meaning of the sixth principle of faith is that God communicates to human beings. Okay? That our faith in Hashem is not that, that He sees and hears, that He's totally aware of what's going on and He knows everything, but He feels the pain of each and every Jew. As the Gemara and Sanhedrin says, when a Jew is in pain, what does the Shrina say? My head hurts, my arms hurts. Now, we know that we could have a couple, a husband and wife who love each other, who have been together for years and years. And if one of them has an earache, 
The second one could say, I wasn't able to sleep because I felt bad for them. That's true. And you want to share in the pain, but Hashem doesn't share in the pain. He feels the pain literally. So now how could this happen? How is this possible? And the, the, the question is the answer, so to speak. Because God is infinite and he has no limits to his power, so he has the power to have a relationship with us. He is almighty, all powerful. He can do it. There's nothing he cannot do. So therefore, he's able to do things that are impossible. For us, it's impossible. It's not for him to be impossible. Shlomo Melech knew the language of the animals. Now, for us, that's impossible to know the language of the animals because their reality is so far away from us, we can't have any connection. How was Shlomo able to do it? Because he was so wise, he could bridge the gap between him and the animals. We don't have that intelligence. But Hashem, as it says in Tehillim, Mi Hashem Hashem, who was like Hashem, who sits on high. Yet, but he lowers and descends to see, in other words, to be aware of what's going on in the heaven and the earth. Hashem is so great, no one can be as high as Hashem, and at the same time, he it's not beyond his talent and ability to connect to what's below over there. Let's say an example like this. Yes, we have many stories like this. Great, great rabbis, Gidole Hador. They're walking in the street. You can imagine what kind of sublime thoughts they have. And there's a little six-year-old crying in the street. He's not going to ignore the child. He's going to go over to the child and try to calm the child down. Now, we might think, oh, that's a diminishment of his honor. What are you dealing with a six-year-old? The answer is, no, the opposite. That shows how great he is. That even cares about a child who cries. A simple person wouldn't care. Who cares? Just a little kid. You have to be big to care about little people. So if we're saying Hashem has a relationship with us, that doesn't make Hashem go down from his level. That there's not a, a state, you know, you say, oh, he's in a state of equality with us. Oh, he's still very big, way bigger than us. But he's so powerful. He can have a relation with the lowest of the law and it does nothing to affect him at all. The problem is we people want to impute what we think greatness is towards Hashem. And there was a love, an important person, you can't get a hold of them. We don't agree with that. So now, when we started the, when we stay the Birchas Kriyashma, we're going up from our side towards Hashem. A little bit more and we're entering into the private domain. We're entering into the to the to the private room of the king. Then the king shall bring us into his private quarters. But at the end of the day, we're not able to connect to Hashem. We can't do it. We can get close. We can get to the throne room. But we can't be one-on-one -on -one that close to Hashem. That's not possible. We don't have that ability. We are limited. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who is so big, he has such virtues, he can descend and connect with us. Okay? That's from his side, he can connect with us. His descent is from his side. 
okay, that he makes it, uh, that he makes it, so to speak, before we get into his private domicile for the Amida, Hashem comes down and grabs us by the hand. How are we going to get into this private room? Hashem has to come down. When we say Kriyashma, this is what is going on over here. We are announcing to the world of God's infinite power. He is one. He's everything. And he, since it's an infinite power, he could do what any philosopher would think he couldn't do. And he's able to bond the highest realms with the lowest people over here. So what's happening is we are trying to move up and up and up and up and up. And now we're in the throne room. What, what's happening to Shema? The king is coming from his private room. He's taking us by the hand. And he says, I'm connecting with you right now. And I'm going to take you into my throne room. We could not do this. And that's why they say the whole idea of prophecy. There's all kinds of things you have to do, spiritual work you have to do to be worthy for prophecy. But at the end of the day, it's a gift. Hashem has to choose to connect with you. You could try all you want all day, but if Hashem says, no, you haven't done, you haven't done enough that you deserve me to connect with you, it isn't going to happen. You could get top marks in prophecy school and never succeed. Because Hashem knows what's really going on inside of you. Even the teacher of the prophets can't really know what's going on inside you. So that's what's happening with the Kriyashma. We make this announcement and therefore we're saying right now that Hashem is coming down to us. We've gone up as far as we can. We can't go any further. We got as close as we can. We can't get any further. So the Kriyashma, he comes down to us and therefore, and now he'll say, okay, I'm taking you down. It's like, you let's say a, a CEO of a really important business. You ain't gonna get to this guy. You could try, you know, let's say the COO is, up, is on the top floor of this building. He is in the building, <laughs> but you know, the elevators are rigged. You can't get in. You have to have a certain person with a code and this and that and all these things. And maybe you could find a way you can get all the way up to the, to the floor where the CEO's, but there's lots of rooms on that floor. You can get to the waiting room. I got stuck in those rooms. Yes, you can, you can be in the waiting room and you can even be in the his personal secretary's waiting room. But the after that bottom line, the CEO's gotta open the door, walk in, take you by the hand and say, now come into my office and we'll speak. You can't just shout to him from the waiting room and have a discussion. So that's exactly what's happening in the Shema when you're making that declaration. And that's why the Amid itself, which we'll get to in a, probably next week, I hope. The Amid is called Tefillah. Tefillah is an expression of connection and chibur from when Naftali was named Naftulei Elohim Niftalti. That comes from the root of Tefillah. So from a philosophical and an intellectual understanding, the connection really with us and Hashem is impossible. We cannot bridge the gap of the physical and the spiritual, but there still is a connection. And that's a wondrous thing that only Hashem can create. And the entire reality of prayer, the reality that Hashem gives us the ability to connect to Hashem, it is a wondrous miracle that is not possible.
And Hashem creates that reality. Now, you've got to do what you can. If you don't make any effort, it's not likely. You know, if you don't even try to get into the building of the CEO, he ain't going to go out of the building and go on a, on, a, on a subway to find you in your house. You've got to make that approach. And now, this leads us to the next big topic is the fact that we have a supernatural connection with Hashem that will give us the ability to ask for things that are supernatural as well. Once we, once we somehow are connected to the supernatural, and Hashem is actually listening to us. Okay. And therefore, and that defies what we can understand. So now you have the ability to do a lot more than that. Okay, a lot of times there are sick people, and the natural course of events is there's no hope. Well, later there could be sicknesses that have advanced to such a stage where there's, there's no hope. Every doctor will say there's nothing we could do, right? Everything's closing down, the, ma the major uh, organs are, are stopping. So the question is, is there something to happen for? At this point in time, so halacha, there's two, uh, there's two ideas. Here. There's halacha and hashkafa. So in halacha, if you should daven for such a sick person, there's a lot of different opinions amongst the big rabbis, and that's not the point to paskin the halacha. Some rabbis, you know, this question is, can you even daven for a person to die? There's a whole discussion about that. But the one thing we have to know. If the fact that prayer itself, that whole concept of prayer, is a supernatural reality to begin with. So if it is a supernatural reality, then certainly it's a place to ask for things that go against reality. Because you're connecting to the source of super reality. Okay. But let's take a look at the very first prayer. And the way Rapinka looks through this is like amazing. Okay, where was the first prayer in the history of the world? Who said the first prayer and what was the person praying about? Any takers? It's got to be Adam. Okay, we're halfway there. According to Chazal, what was he praying for? Well, the Torah tells us. Uh, yes, he was praying for rain. Because all the plants had gone to the subterranean level. Now, What's going on? So according to the drushes, the way they understand things, okay, Adam Arishon, when he was first in the world, he knew a lot, but he didn't know all the details of nature yet. The biggest example, proof to that is, when the sun started setting on day one, he thought as a result of his sin, there'd be no more light in the world. And he didn't know, no, no, the sun comes up the next day. He, he knew a lot, but he didn't know everything. Some things he had to experience. He did not know on Friday afternoon that the sun's meant to set. Can you imagine what happens when he sees the sun setting? That's the end of the world. It ain't coming back. But then when the next morning came up, oh, okay, I guess it's, it's not my sin. That's the way things are. So he knew, as a great scientist, he knew that the earth needs water. He knew that. But he doesn't know where the water comes from. He didn't know that there's a concept of rainfall, condensation, evaporation, all that stuff that brings you 
rainfall. He didn't know about that cycle. All he knows is there's a, a barren world that's ready to grow. There ain't no water. In Gadeden, there ain't no water for him to get a hold of. So what does he do? He prays to God. He said he he's smart enough to know he needs water, but he's not smart enough to know where the water is going to come from. So he says, you're in the heavens. Please give me water." So what is what what's that prayer like? Does he know that it rains? Does he know that rainfall is part of the ecological system? He doesn't know that yet. Just like he didn't know about sunrise and sunset. So imagine a guy needs tens of thousands of dollars. He prays to God, can you send down a couple tens of thousands from the heavens? Well, most of us wouldn't pray such a thing because money does not fall from the heavens. Okay, but that's exactly what he was asking for. And that's the power of prayer. To connect with Hashem, who's all-powerful, who's not limited at all, and since he can do it, there's nothing you can't ask from him. And that's what happened. He said, Hashem, I need water. Without water, we're going to be finished. So what happens? It starts raining. Now, he didn't know that rain comes from the heavens. He doesn't know any of that stuff. He just, I need water. All of a sudden, boom, it comes down. Similarly with Elisha, the son of the Shunamis woman, who died. He stands and Davin's Tashem revived this dead child. Now, has anybody done that recently? They're in a hospital bed, someone stops breathing, they died. The doctors come, that's it, there's no pulse, there's no nothing. He's been dead for half an hour. Now you're gonna sit in the corner, you're gonna Davin Tashem bring him back to life. Well, guess what? That's exactly what Alicia did. Now, wait a minute. What, what are you asking God to do? Well, I'm asking God to do a miracle. Right? You can't do that. So why can't I? God, God isn't holding back from that. Right? Okay, you got to be an Alicia. Me and you aren't able to be able to pull off those kinds of stunts. But doesn't mean to say you can't pull off certain stunts. Right? So somebody very close to us, let's say, not us, the person is very sick. So we, we pray, the, the, the latest statement that everyone uses, we're going to storm the heavens. I love this word. Storm the heavens. Okay. So uh, that's, what, that's what we try to do. But then when the person dies, so you ever think we're going to storm the heavens to get them back to life? Haven't seen it, right? But first man understood that too can be. That's why the Gomorrah in Titus says, the day that it rains is greater than the resurrection of the dead. Because that first rainfall was really that. And Elisha understood, he says, what do you mean, why can't you resurrect the dead? People who are at that level are able to do those kinds of things. Now, Tavon Amelach, for example, in chapter 109 in Tehillim says, which literally means, I am a prayer. Which means to say, prayer is one of the definitions of a human being. And what was the very first thing that Adam Rishon did? He prayed for rain. 
and through his prayer, he was able to revive the dead because the world was dead. The world was dead. There was no way it's going to come. Now, you're going to say, well, no, wait a minute. No, you're, you're playing a game here. It just Adam was too stupid to know what was going on. If Adam would have been a little smarter and knew that rainfall is a natural thing, he wouldn't think it was a miracle. The answer is, the rainfall was not going to come. There's no such thing as rainfall. When Adam prayed, Hashem created the concept of the rainfall. So when Adam was looking, there was no way there's going to be any, any liquid. It's not happening. He prays. Hashem says, okay, now I waited for you. Now I'm going to cause a new event to happen. It's a miraculous thing. But I've now created all the things that now you can study and say, oh, it comes from this, it comes from that, it comes from that. You know, if it's so automatic, how come we still have droughts? It's so automatic. We had uh, with uh, Eliyahu Two years it didn't rain in Israel. Two years it didn't rain. So obviously, so that's the power of what prayer can really do. Now you got to be on, on such levels. Obviously, we've reached a certain point where most of us can't do certain but there are still, you know, great, great people who can do things that are truly amazing. We don't want to get into the stories of the Babasali who flies on his carpet across the ocean. You know, these people could really do things that were scary. Because for them, it's it's not. They are, they, they're worthy of that connection. Okay, so therefore, now, of course, none of us are planning on uh, davening at a grave of someone expecting them to get up. That ain't going to happen. And we're not capable. But there's a lot of things in life that are capable. You know, and I'm, you know, I'm, you, know you deal with certain situations that, you know, you say, oh, this, this marriage cannot be saved. I don't know. Not necessarily. It might be very hard. But if people really pray, maybe it could be. People have certain sicknesses, though. There's some. There's a lot of unusual sicknesses out there in the world, where you know certain things happen to people, and the doctors themselves aren't exactly sure what the diagnosis is, and the diagnosis sometimes is for a long-term disability, and they're not aware of you know. And yeah, one in a million, maybe a person can come out of this and this and that. We're not talking where they're every body organ shut down. You have these things, a person's in a coma, and not that they're brain dead, but you know, it's not like, you know, so those things are ready. We can start uh, t tackling those. But there are certain things that, well, it's, it's very unlikely. Is it impossible? No, it's not impossible. We've seen it from time to time. One in a million gets that, okay? We haven't even seen one in a million come back from the dead. That we haven't seen. Maybe. Being dead for five minutes, yeah, maybe ten minutes, but not after a day, as far as I know, unless we didn't know they were, in fact, not dead. But to pray for certain things that it really looks like there's no solution. So that that what do you say? God can't do it. Of course, Hashem can do these things, and this is leads us to the next important piece on the Ramban, fame, very famous Ramban and Parshas bow. And Rapinka suggests it's a very misunderstood Ramban. Ramban and Parshish both discusses why we have all the miracles of the, the, the uh, exodus from Egypt and all the mitzvahs that are helped to remind us of the miracles. 
And he says like this, he says, when, we, when Hashem did major publicized miracles, and we know that God split the sea and did these things, you have to admit about the concealed miracles that also happened. Hashem's involved in na natural things, and that's the foundation of the whole Torah. And he says, a person has no portion in the Torah of Moshe until you believe that everything that happens in this world are miracles from Hashem, and there's no nature, and that's just the world goes on automatic. doesn't matter, an individual, a group. If you do mitzvahs, you will succeed with rewards, and if you sin, you will be cut off and punished. It's all a decree from Hashem. That's what the Rambam says. So you have to believe it. Things like this. So many people explain the Ramban as such, that this world has no nature at all. There's no such thing as nature. And the fact that oil lights, that too is a miracle. And it's the miracle, no different. If the vinegar light can light, if Hashem wants it to light, it lights. Oil, if Hashem wants it to light, it lights. So Hashem made... If, if Hashem made the nature, he made the nature miraculous in this way instead of miraculous in that way. Hashem could have made the rule that vinegar lights and oil doesn't light. So according to many, they think Ramban says there's no such thing as nature at all. Everything's a miracle. So Chirpingus disagrees with this. He says, well, let's try to understand this a little bit deeper. The fact that oil lights is a nature that Hashem put into the world. In other words, Hashem does miracles and Hashem creates nature. Nature is the way it is because Hashem determined that nature is the way it is. And once Hashem says, I've, I've checked out this world and I want oil to be combustible, to be able to burn a light. And I'm making that the nature. It's my will that that's going to be the nature and vinegar is not the nature. If it goes according to Hashem's nature, that's not a miracle. That's not a miracle. The Ramban ended his words. He says, if we do the mitzvahs, we will succeed. Our reward will give us success. And if we transgress, our punishment will cut us off. Because that's all God's decree. What is Ramban adding with this? He says like this, if we see a person, let's say his whole life, he's eating chalev, which is as trafe as it gets. And he's drinking blood, which is as trafe as it gets. Now, really though, from a health perspective, those could be very healthy things. Those could be very healthy things. And in other words, he's saying if a person eats what's medically considered healthy, but Torah, it's an Aveira. Okay. And let's say he's very careful to be a healthy eater. Like in Mamish goes out of his way to be a healthy eater. He jogs, his cholesterol levels are low. He's like doing everything he can, but everything he's eating is trained. Okay. And he works out everything. All of a sudden, he's 50 years old, he drops dead from a heart attack. Question, why does he die? He was living a healthy life. Naturally, there's no reason for him to die like that. Why does he die? You know why he dies? Because he was a sinner. Because Ramban said, if you do have arrows, you'll eventually be punished. Hashem will decide the punishment. And the connection is between eating things against Hashem's will and the fact that he died at a young age 
That's the miracle. That's the miracle. The person ate healthy by eating treif. Naturally, he should live long. The person who eats healthy, we're not talking he got cancer and cancer is like what you eat. Now the guy's heart was working well. He just went, doctor, your heart is amazing. So where do you get the heart attack from? That's not supposed to be. So that's the miracle. The Averis is what killed you. Now we're not in the position to know this, you see. Only Hashem knows what's going on. Let's look at the other way. A guy is um, fasts all day long. He hardly eats anything. He self-flagellates himself. But he's a big rabbi. He's learning Torah all day long. And he lives till over 100 years old. How can he eat that long? He doesn't eat healthy. He doesn't eat anything practically. How's he living all day long? That's a miracle. The miracle of, if you do my mitzvahs, you will be rewarded. The Torah says, if you listen to me, I will bring the rain at its time. So what is the fact of doing mitzvahs and getting the rain at its time? What is that? That's a miracle. It's a consider, It's a concealed miracle to flesh and blood people. We don't seem to see a connection, but there is. And really it comes out, the person is what drives the supernatural thing. The Torah mitzvahs, the person is a instrument of the supernatural coming into being. When a person listens to Hashem, it can be supernatural good, and if you don't listen to Hashem, it can be supernatural bad. So a person lives, if you follow the Torah and you do the mitzvahs, you say to Hillam, you're going to live not from the bread and not from the water. And a person does not die from an unhealthy lifestyle. He dies from not keeping Torah and mitzvahs. And the rules of nature do not make that person sick. The miracle is how your mitzvahs and averos dictate your realities. There's a nature that's a nature. But things that don't work with nature. Why? Because the mitzvahs are creating those realities. Those are the miracles that we're talking about. And therefore a person is not tied down to the laws of nature and therefore he can ask Hashem, if they never happened before, to have rain from heaven, as Adam did, even though it was impossible at the time. But since I'm a human being, there's no such thing as saying that nature restricts me. And if I need water, I have to get it, even though there's no way to get it. Right. But I go up to Hashem and I get it. And that's how Lisha was able to dive into Hashem, bring this baby back to life. And that's tefillah. And that's what a person is. Hashem blew a soul into man. Man was a, a nefesh chai, a living soul. And Targum says, to a speaking spirit. And the Zohar goes further. To speak words of prayer and words of Torah. And for them to be spoken before Hashem. And that is the, 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 the living soul. And to reach that level of prayer, we have to go level after level after level through the world of Asiya, into the world of the angels, until we're up to the Kisei HaKavod. But then at that point, we got to say, Hashem, you have the infinite power. Come down and take us up with you. And that's what we're supposed to be understanding at the Shema. Because we're trying to reach, we're trying to reach the CEO's office. You can't get into the CEO's office. It's not possible. 
You can get close, close, close. You cannot get the CEO's office. So what do we do to get into the CEO's office? We say, Shema Yisrael Hashem, okay, Hashem, Hashem. You can do the impossible. And the impossible is to take me into your office. And then he, he hears that. He comes out of the office. When we say Shema Yisrael, takes us by the hand. and says, okay, now let's get ready to go in. We're going to have the Amida. We're going to have our private discussion. And therefore, we have to realize we're not limited. A lot of times we look at things you know, in so many ways, we say, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be so successful in learning. I'm never going to be so successful in this. I tried a million times, it never works. There's no such thing as I can't be. It's no, I can't, get, I can't control my temper. There's no such thing. Hashem can do miracles, so you have to deserve it. You have to do mitzvahs, you have to do an avoida. You have to ask, and it can happen. If you're sincere about it, these things can happen. Okay, we'll stop it over here for now. Still much more to talk about. Yeah, thanks, Rabbi. Shukaya.